Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Wild Burrow Podcast. And a special welcome to our new international listeners. Welcome to everyone listening from Canada and the UK. I am on my skiing road trip and I'm in Canada. So uh, coming to you from a different country, which is cool. And just on the theme of community, I've been staying in hostels and I met a very nice and gracious group of Canadians and um, they let me join in on on their, uh, they were having like a reunion from school and we hung out a lot as well as my roommate in the hostel was from the UK and we all were playing board games at night and uh, we, we were out on the ski slopes together a little bit. So that was really cool and <laughs> I uh, I really don't just go, go around uh, promoting the podcast, but I did kind of bring it up with um, these new friends that I made and it turned out they had been talking about almost the exact same thing earlier that day, um, just about the importance of community and, and how that's, that can really be some of the happiest moments of your life. So, so thank you all for listening and um, try to get this to the desk of the prime minister, prime minister, if you can, I know you all have, have his number and stuff. So, <laughs> so I'm joking, but um, it, it is just really cool to, I, I can see on on Spotify um, what countries people are from. So it, it's cool to see the Canada and UK showing up there. So, so welcome to the show. I will, uh, I'm going to talk about the Reddit next and thank you, a big shout out and thank you to this Reddit user, the adventurous one for contributing to the subreddit this week. And I would like to read this person's thoughts. Um, again, uh, I do know this person out, outside of the Reddit, and we may or may not have had a, a phone conversation about the Reddit, so <laughs> that's just full disclosure. Um, so here's a comment that the adventurous one left on the subreddit. It's titled, Even the Longest Life is Short, and here is what he said. I texted it's that day to a high school friend yesterday for her birthday. While awaiting her response, I was thinking how I would in turn reply, and thinking about her birthday, I thought, it is said that this day comes around only once a year, but this day, and really all of our days, actually only come around once in a lifetime. We owe it to ourselves, our friends and family, and the whole world community. Ways we improve ourselves have a way of expanding to others. To take advantage of this once-in-a-lifetime day we are living. Yes, there's working commitment and other distractions, but even if we can take one step, lift our head above it all for a moment to look around and perchance glean a sense of what direction we might step tomorrow towards our happiness, loving ourselves, it will be worthy. You'll then start tomorrow one step closer. I really like this idea of each day in your life is going to be unique and it's never going to come back around. Every moment is a new moment in the, the present and... This made me think about this concept of being present, being cultivating the ability to become present in the present moment and just tying that in with, with happiness and being in touch with this, again, this conscience, the spiritual part of yourself is really related to this ability to just be in the present moment and enjoying life. And the way I think about it is I've dealt a lot with anxiety and uncertainty and just worrying about the future and I think to this person's point like you don't know what the future is going to be like 
you could have all these big plans and then something could happen and, and just change that completely. So really a lot of the future is out of our control and things like I mentioned before, things are that are out of your control. You, you really can't worry about it. You have to let it go. And this is much easier said than done. Um, like I said, this is something I've dealt a lot with is this worrying about the future and try to deal with it as best we can. It's probably always going to be a part of my life and part of the human experience to deal with this anxiety. But um, so that's like, to me, worrying about the future. And then the other state of mind is to just be like thinking about the past and maybe like if you're regretting something or, or wishing that you could go back and relive a moment or something. And again, it's like, it's in the past, you know, you can't change the past, but you can learn from it. And so that's, that's where the present moment comes in is the present moment is the time to apply everything that you can learn from your life. And, you know, human beings are not meant to be perfect. Human beings are actually meant to be imperfect. And it's these imperfections that if we really can learn to appreciate and celebrate that and appreciate all the mistakes we've made in our life and appreciate that all these mistakes and lessons are something we can learn from to make a happier future. And that's, that's really where the present moment comes in is you can apply these lessons from your life and you can right now in the present moment, this once in a lifetime opportunity to, to be in today, today only comes around once, once in your life for each person. That's the time when you can really take action and, and start to plant these seeds for a happier future. It's not going to happen immediately, but that, uh, that was my, my, uh, riff. That's my comment on uh, this person's comment. So thank you to the adventurous one for writing that again. I thought that was, that was really insightful and something that I hadn't really brought up before. So thanks for offering your perspective on the subreddit. And, um, I did write a comment on there on the subreddit. So um, and good job, by the way, to the adventurous one. Thank you for writing a post. So it's, this is very visible. If you go on the subreddit, you can read his post and you can read my comment. And again, that's, that's my take on it, but maybe you, a different part of this will stand out to you as, as something that's important and worthy. So, um, feel free to write your own comment on that. And I'd, I'd love to read that and, um, maybe I'll read it on the podcast next time. Uh, the adventurous one was, was very busy this week. And again, thank you for that. And he wrote, uh, he completed the New Year's challenge, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I'm giving you the badge. I'm counting this as you finished the New Year's challenge. So th this next post from him is, is called New Year's Challenge Completed, kind of, <laughs> question mark. <laughs> and here's what he did. So he says, not sure if it was due to the podcast, but I just finished listening to the latest podcast. As I reached the summit of my daily mountain hike, heading back down, I saw a man approaching that, depending on what time I go, I've recently seen daily and on and off have seen for years as he slowly makes his way up walking stick in hand and sweat on brow. We usually do the semi obligatory trail. Good morning etiquette thing that we do here in the U S but, but today I walked over, extended my hand, said, we see each other enough. We should know each other's name. I now have a new friend, Philippe. And that's really cool. I, <laughs> I thought this was funny that this like serendipitous moment, occurred as you were listening to the podcast. So I was kind of thinking like, uh, maybe people should just listen to the podcast and walk around and <laughs> these opportunities will just come to you magically by the, the power of the podcast and you'll, you'll start just connecting with strangers. But, um, yeah, you know, that's, that's like a small gesture to, uh, 
to make the world a little bit more familiar to you and somebody who was a stranger now at least you know his name and you know who knows what'll come out of that maybe that's the extent of it but he might say something to you next time or maybe you'll be inspired to say a couple other words to him and I, you know, who knows? One thing could lead to another. Maybe there's a group of people that you see a lot and maybe you could just do a group hike up the mountain once a week or month, once a month or something. And um, you never know what these things could lead to. So these are just kind of the, uh, these are the possibilities. I think, you know, we can create community out of, out of nothing when there's just people around. And again, who knows what will come out of that. Um, there's no pressure either way, but let us know if something else does come out of that or, or if you, you do something similar and, and uh there are some meaningful connections that you make. So, so that's the Reddit for the week. And thank you to the adventurous one. This next segment of the show, I want to talk about struggling and suffering as what I've come to understand is a necessary part of becoming happy and becoming your true self and revealing the fullness of yourself and all these other these strengths and, and qualities that you never maybe knew were in there that are drawn out of you by going through these trials and tribulations of your life and what it takes to realize these deep hopes and dreams and visions of your life and an ideal world and life that you want to experience for real on this earth before <laughs> before all of these unique days pass us by i think we should all be able to taste a little true happiness and freedom and self-fulfillment and realization and it doesn't just happen and I've dealt with this a lot and I would like to share my story related to this and I'm not really like telling this to say like oh I'm such a great person or something but this is just a real experience I had that I feel like if I had known a lot of these things going into my journey I might have made it easier for me so maybe there's some lessons in here for you, or maybe this resonates with things you've already experienced in your life. But um, I just thought it was important to address this aspect of becoming happy. Um, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. So so I'll just tell a story. And I did clear this um, with my parents. I just talked to them yesterday, and they're, they were a big part of this. <laughs> we, we're in a really good place right now, but that wasn't always the case and that's an important part of of this story so and i have all these quotes um a lot of them are from the new testament that are related so i will see if i can sprinkle these in along the way so what happened was and i, I mentioned this last last on the last episode i really was faced with this decision in life when i graduated college like i, I mentioned this company they cut my salary right, right before I was going to go there. And it just really turned me off to them. And then that's kind of what I had just always thought I would do is just get a job after college and just work 40 hours a week until I was, you know, retirement age and have a family and play a lot of golf and hopefully like retire and play lots of golf and just go to my kids, little league games and, and all this. And, um, but that, that 40 hours a week piece of it, it turned out to the reality didn't line up with, what I was thinking, which again, I just had this realization that this, this company only cares about money and they don't care about me. And so suddenly that, that vision just didn't seem like such a good, great deal for me. And I, the question just came to me the first time in my life, like, what do you really need to be happy? Or it just came to me that I, I hadn't even asked that question. And I did ask that question for the first time. And 
I guess I didn't know because I just had never thought about <laughs> thought about it. So it was a process to even figure out like, well, if I'm not in, if I'm not attracted to that lifestyle, what what is going to be my hope and my hope and dream and life and what is this what else is there? And so I really started to think a lot about that and that was really the first step was just being like and that was even kind of scary, but a lot of these things really hit me kind of hard. And um, I had tried reading the New Testament before in the Gospels, the story of Jesus, and it didn't really get anything out of it. And a lot of the, the things I had, right, I guess they were, were like in my brain somewhere. So a lot of these sayings started coming back to me. And the one that really hit me was there's this line in, in one of the Gospels, or I think it's probably in several of them. For those who don't know, there's there's four main Gospels, and they're all the same story of Jesus, basically. But they're all like a little bit different, but, um, some of them have the same, like basic lines in them. And this one is like, you can't, a slave can't serve two masters and you can't serve both God and money in your life. And I, at that point I was just totally turned off to money because I just saw all these horrible things it makes people do. And even if you have a billion dollars, like I was just thought about Bill Gates, like he's still investing money and trying to make more money. So it's like, even if you're a billionaire, you're still not, you still could not be happy, maybe. And I didn't want to serve that master. <laughs> and um, So I decided to serve the other master, which in the Bible, it says serve God. And really, I've, I've talked about this before. What does God even mean? You know, and I, I basically took that to mean like my own conscience and my own inner vision, which I had never explored and trying to discern what I really would want and need in life. Um, I also started reading Gandhi's autobiography and there's a lot of great wisdom in there because he, he went through the same process and really looked into spirituality and was reading these same books, read the Bhagavad Gita and the gospels. And that really formed the foundation of his philosophy. And he spent his whole life messing around with these topics. The, his, the subtitle of his autobiography is called my experiments with truth. And this has kind of been my experiment with truth because it is an experiment. It's like you have these ideas and inspirations that are inside of you, but you don't see them reflected in the outside world. And so what confirmation do you have that these ideas are really true and valid except your own conscience? And that's really the, the that's a big part of the struggle is just learning to trust that, learning to trust that inner voice and acting on that. And then eventually getting positive feedback and learning to, like I said, just to, to trust it, that good things will eventually come out of following that eventually. <laughs> so the, eventually is the key word there. And there's going to be a lot of trials and tribulations along the way. And you start small and you, you build up and build up and you learn to just rely on that really is what ultimately what, what can happen. Um, it never becomes easy, but you learn that this will eventually produce good results for you. So, um, so this was, uh, I guess my first, I, you know, I never thought about any of these things. And so I'm reading the gospels I'm reading Gandhi's, Gandhi's autobiography. Um, right. What I was going to quote from his autobiography, which this has really stuck with me. He says the heart's true and earnest desire will always be fulfilled. So, the heart's true and earnest desire. I think deep down, if we all slow down again, practicing that meditation and quietness and going, going for walks in nature and 
just try not to distract yourself. It should be pretty obvious what you really want and need in life. And one way or another, like your heart's going to get its way. Either you're going to spend your whole life ignoring that and be unhappy your whole life. Or you're going to have the courage to listen to that and make the changes in your life to so that your life coincides with those desires. And so these changes are what I want to share with you because I made a lot of changes. Um, so I'm reading all these books and stuff and I had this time period uh, where I wasn't working and so I really just didn't I kind of just did whatever I wanted all the time. This is when all these soccer games were happening. And I was, I was like really going out in nature for the first time at this park close by and just looking at the trees, watching insects on the ground. Like I, I suggested you all do. I, I went through all that the first time and just sensing this spiritual presence behind everything. And all these trees are springing from the same source, you know, like they're springing from the ground, but even on a deeper level, they're all just, they all share some common aspect of life where they're coming from and humans come from the same place and all these people in your life, they all come from the same place. And just sensing that for the first time was really special. And just, it's kind of like, how did I miss this before, before, you know, we're, we're surrounded by life all the time. And I went my whole life without even thinking about this and just watching TV and stuff. And there's such, there, there's a lot more vibrant, and meaningful things in life that are out there for you to discover. And so that's what I was getting into. And then it's like, it's great to go and experience all that. But eventually I did have to go back to work. And I was like, I went to this job, which it was paying very well. Um, but I was just looking at an Excel sheet all day, basically, you know, eight hours a day sitting in a cubicle after I had just gone through this really like spiritual awakening and just seeing the beauty that's out there and I just had to face this decision. Like, do I want to sit in a cubicle for eight hours a day, five days a week, the rest of my life? Or do I want to tap into this beauty that I, I know now is out in the world? And I decided to do that and it kind of turned my life upside down, which if I had known all of the hard things I would have to go through, I, I don't know if I would have had the strength to make that decision. So maybe it's fortunate. I, I didn't really know what I was getting into, but, um, I did make it through and I'm in a really good place now. So there is a, a happy ending to this. Um, but I, uh, so just talking about like, well, what, what is my real hope and dream? So I, I read Satyagraha in South Africa at that time. And I was just reading about the communal living that they had in the farming and again, just that connection to nature and living with other people. And that would seemed really cool to me. So I, I got this vision of like, well, if I could just work at this job long enough, you know, maybe I can just save up enough money and buy a farm somewhere and then I can invite other people to, to join in on that somehow. But like one or two months went by and I just hated, <laughs> I hated my daily routine. And I was like, I don't think I can make it, you know, looking at 10 years of, of this just to save up money to buy a farm or something. So so this is really when I faced like this junction with two different paths. And it's like, well, I can just try to ignore that and stay in my safe little bubble and just keep going to this job, make my great salary, move up the ranks, make more money and, and hate my daily life for 10 years or 
why wait? You know, um, I was really fortunate that I didn't have student debt, which really enabled me to do all these things. And that's because thank you to my mom. She, uh, she worked at the college I went to, which, which made that possible. So if I had student debt, I would have had to just keep working and never could have done what I ended up doing. But, um, I had some savings and I sold my car. And once I did that, I like, I was like, Hey, I have six months of money saved up. Like I really don't have to go to this office anymore if I don't want to. And so I started looking into some other possibilities. The first idea that came to me was to volunteer on like an organic farm somewhere. And um, I was living on the East Coast at the time. And I looked at in California, there's some organic farms and they do have these programs where like you can go on, like you just work there and they give you like housing basically. And I don't think you really make a salary. You're like a volunteer, but they, they give you, you know, your basic living expenses which would have worked for me. Um, like I said, I had some savings, so that, that would have been good. And, um, <laughs> taking that step. So I did call the, the, the farm taking that step was so terrifying and frightening. I was so afraid to do that. And so nervous that I literally, the apartment I was living in, I even like went into the closet of the room I was in to, to make the phone call because well I was like renting a room in a place and I I was just I for some reason I just didn't even want anyone else to hear that I was even like thinking this but again it's you know I had these ideas and visions inside of me and that's really what my heart's true and earnest desire was I'd rather be out on a farm all day cultivating life than sitting in this cubicle and taking the very first step and just making that phone call to this farm um, was terrifying. And it turns out they, it was too late and they already had, they were totally full. So it it didn't work out, but, um, just making that first phone call. And again, like, even if they said, yes, you know, I could have reconsidered. It's, I, I wasn't really committing to anything at that point. Um, just making that phone call and just taking that very first step and acting on my heart's true and earnest desire, it broke down some barriers because it's like, okay, well I called them, you know, I can call somebody else. And what ended up happening was one thing led to another. And I started looking into just like, it's called intentional communities, but basically like commune communes, which I guess were more popular in the seventies or whatever. But I wanted to experience this communal living that I had read about in Gandhi's book, which just sounded so awesome. And I ended up finding this, this intentional community, like 15 minutes from where I grew up. <laughs> which is pretty funny because I was ready to go across the country to change my lifestyle. And it turned out all I had to do was like drive <laughs> not far at all. And, um, I experienced something totally different. So I found this community, which is for adults with developmental disabilities. And there's about half of the, there's like a hundred people living there, I think. And half the people were adults with developmental disabilities and the other half were these long-term volunteers. So they take um, people in for one year at a time. You do a one-year volunteer stint at this place. And then there's people who just kind of live there like long-term. And, uh, I quit, I, so I quit my job and went and lived there for a year. So just imagine what a change that was. Um, I went from just looking at an Excel sheet in a cubicle every day to, I happened to, to end up in the elder care house. So I was learning how to do like personal care for senior citizens and, um, cooking meals for like 10 people and, uh, I learned how to knit there and I learned how to play the guitar. And so every day was just filled with like enjoyable activities. And I was surrounded by people all the time. And 
meals, you know, every meal was a community, a communal meal. And, um, after dinner, we would play board games almost every night. And that's when I was organizing sing-alongs eventually after I, I learned, learned to play the guitar and I was doing yard work. So just getting outside a lot It's a 400 acre place and they had a dairy farm and a huge vegetable garden. And, um, I just had so many beautiful experiences there and just seeing for real that your daily life is really what you make of it. You know, like I made a couple of phone calls. The next thing you know, like I was out of the cubicle and I was just surrounded by beauty and people and uh, these amazing people with these developmental disabilities. Like they have that childlike wonder and view of the world where they don't have an ego and it's just totally unfiltered. And they were so loving, like, they would just sit around and make cards for like any occasion in anybody's life. They would make a card for them, a handmade card to commemorate the occasion. And just so caring and genuine, like anything you said about your life, they would just be so interested and, and sympathetic to to that. Like if a relative had a birthday, they would just be so genuine and and wishing them a, a happy birthday and stuff. And it was just so cool. Like, like I said, your life is really what you make of it. That's what I, that's what I found out by doing that is, um, I made a real change in my life and I am not the same person today because of everything I experienced there. And, and just seeing that this other world is possible and you just have to kind of say yes to it sometimes. So, so that was all really good. What, where the struggle part came in was, um, so imagine, if one of your friends suddenly quit their job and went and lived on a commune <laughs> or, or your, your, one of your, your children, um, or a parent, you know, what if somebody in your life just got obsessed with spirituality and, and quit their job and, and went and lived on a com <laughs> on a commune, you might be like, how, what's going on there? <laughs> you know, because they can't see what's happening inside of you. And that is what happened. And I just, all my interests changed. Like I said, I used to just watch a lot of sports on TV and that, that was really a big basis of my relationship and what I talked about with people in my life. And I just, I made it a point to not do that anymore. I I didn't want to watch TV anymore. And I was like, I'm going to play sports outside instead of watch other people play sports. So that, that really um, made it hard to relate to people friends and family. And so all these relationships just became way more difficult because my interests changed and nobody else was changing. And so people were questioning my sanity. <laughs> um, it was a weird thing because I was doing something totally different than most of the people I had grown up with. But when I got to this commune, it's like everybody there was there for a reason. They chose to be there. A lot of them were probably dealing with the same thing. Like their parents were like, why are you going to go and live on a commune? Um, So I wasn't totally isolated, but by the standards of our society and mainstream society, I kind of lost my mind, I guess. And people were questioning my sanity. And that was really hard to deal with because, like I said, a lot of these ideas only exist inside of you. And you start to question yourself, like, am I crazy or <laughs> or am I am I the sane one? <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of what I was going through. And I think what it came down to was that I was just doing what was right for me. And people were probably just concerned. Again, my long-term future, it's like, well you give up your salary. So like, you know, usually saving up for retirement is how you're going to have security long-term. And I just decided I wasn't going to do that. Like I didn't want money to be any part of my life. I was 
committed at that point to just never making a salary again. So, so I started having all this friction and conflict with my family. And then it was just like holiday, you know, when I would see them at, at holidays and when I finished my volunteer year, it just wasn't the same because I was really committed to that lifestyle. And I also was probably pretty judgmental about other people. I was very judgmental about myself really was what came down to it. I hated a lot of the ways I had been living and I just felt like I had wasted a lot of time. Like I said, just sitting on the couch watching TV and I was taking a very hard, hard line with myself to, to change a lot of aspects of myself. And I think a lot of that bled over and maybe I took a hard line with, with other people in my life or I was just very like adamant that I was doing the right, living the right way. And now I, I see more now that I was just living the right way for myself and other people are living what's right for them. So, but, um, so my parents felt like I was judging them. I think they've expressed that. And, um, I felt not accepted by them that they weren't accepting that this was a valid path in life for me. And it just became very hard to talk with them, which was a big change for me because I already, I always had a very good relationship with my parents growing up. I could talk to them about pretty much anything. And I was like, I'm on this solo journey on my own. And I, I couldn't, there just wasn't like an understanding there. There was a rift. <laughs> so that was kind of the start of that. Um, so I stayed on that path for a long time, just volunteering and, um, not making really a real salary, just kind of getting room and board provided by these different organizations and getting a stipend and stuff. And I was getting all these priceless experiences. Like I said, um, went to a couple other places and got some really valuable life experience that again, you know, I couldn't have gotten that just sitting at a, at a cubicle the rest of my life, learning about the world, learning about our society. And, um, so eventually these, these things took me to a different city and, um, spent a lot of time out there. The uh, relationship with my family just kept getting worse and worse because I was just, this was years at this point had gone by and I was just committed to this lifestyle that was just concerning for them. You know, I went uh, probably like five years without really having an actual salary job. And I don't think it made sense to them the entire, the entire time. But it was, it was making sense to me, but also at the same time, there were a lot of moments of just deep uncertainty. And I reached really this one moment where I just literally didn't know the next move. It's like I had finished a bunch of volunteer things and got a lot out of them, but didn't want to stick with them long-term. And then I was looking for my next, my next thing. And I reached this point where like, I literally didn't know what to do. And this is this first quote I want to read. This is from Satyagraha in South Africa. And this is what Gandhi wrote. It is only when the Satyagrahi feels quite helpless, is apparently on his last legs and finds utter darkness all around him, that God comes to the rescue. And this was really a moment in my life when I experienced that. I was like, I've kind of gone out, gone out on a limb for my conscience. And I just felt like I was just dumped off with no, at a dead end, basically. And um, I had this moment of just extreme doubt and uncertainty and regret, you know, I, I could, I had a safe lifestyle that I said no to. And, um, so what happened was, uh, 
I, I ended up like moments later, I found this like perfect opportunity for me, which is how I ended up in this other city. And that, um, I guess it just proves what Gandhi is saying there. Like when you start following these true hopes and, and desires, you, you have to rely somewhat on unseen forces will, will be there to help you when you need it. And there's no way I could have planned out every step of my journey, but I feel like I've gotten what I needed at every, every step of the way, even though maybe I never, at certain points I didn't have like a long-term way of being secure financially or, or physically. Um, every step of the way though, I've, I've one way or another gotten what I needed somehow. So I have had to rely on these unseen forces. I think that's what he means when he says, God will be there for you in those moments. The universe will be there. If, if you give your conscience and your heart a chance, the universe starts opening up for you. And if you start looking for ways to actually accomplish those goals, like you will find them. You might have some moments of groping in the dark, but eventually you will find find a path forward. You just will. So that was a big obstacle that I was able to overcome, and that turned out to be an awesome opportunity for me. Um, I had a lot of awesome experiences out of that and met a lot of great people, got involved with all the issues that I wanted to get involved with. And... Um, again, just kind of having this adventure in life. Like <laughs> I started doing all these things I never thought I'd be doing. Um, I got involved with like a lot of social, I guess I would say just social justice movements or trying to like address a lot of these poverty issues in our society and just inequality issues. And I kind of got to the center of a lot of these movements in the city I was living. And it's because um, my college degree was in like IT stuff and these groups all needed someone to help with their websites. So so I was like walking into meetings for the first time with people who had been activists in the city for like decades, you know, and one person had even worked with Rosa Parks, like had, had met her personally and had met presidents and stuff. And I was becoming like a, a critical part of these organizations because I knew how to like operate a WordPress website, which really isn't that hard, but nobody else knew that. And so uh, that was the opportunity that came to me when I, right after I had this moment of like extreme doubt, um, I'm pausing for an intermission, so I'll be, I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, um, so what I was saying was was this this golden opportunity came to me like right after this moment of extreme doubt. And when you put yourself out there and just explore what possibilities are there, like you might find that that perfect situation for you. Like I said, the very first place I called this this farm in California, like they said no, you know, they didn't have a spot. But I kept asking around and I eventually did find the perfect situation for me. And that was the experience that I needed in life to really grow and cultivate the humanity in me. Like, like I said, like learning how to play the guitar and knit and care for, for elderly people. And these are things you can't get in a cubicle, in a cubicle, um, not to disparage all cubicle work. Uh, whatever your life's work is, you know, you, you should just pursue that, um, with reckless abandon. So, um, so I had a lot of great years in, in this other city I, I moved to and eventually just kind of became disillusioned. It's like, like I said, I was there for years and um, we, were, we really weren't making the progress, any progress on these, these intractable issues of our society. And I just kind of felt like I was spinning my wheels and 
again, needed to make a change, which again was scary. I, I had some security there and I had people around me and it was a known situation. I, I kind of had like a social standing, like I said, I, you know, people really valued me for my, my skill set, And I made a hard decision, which was to give all that up again, just because it wasn't working for me anymore. And so I left, um, the hardest part about that was just, again, losing all these social connections. And that's really when I hit a low point with the relationship with my family and my parents specifically. And it was just like every single conversation I was having with them turned into some sort of an argument and from one or the other side, we both just didn't really approve, I guess, of the other side. I don't want to speak for them too much, but, um, I didn't appreciate how I, how I felt they were treating me and maybe they were just concerned about the direction I was taking in my life. And again, you know, I had no concern for my financial security. So, um, but like I said, you know, I, I was finding ways to be, to, to get what I needed at that moment, at least. So it got to the point where I was just like, we just shouldn't talk anymore because that at that point seemed like a better option than continuing to just have these contentious conversations. And it was a place that I maybe thought it would happen eventually, but I just did not want to go there. It's like I said, growing up, I always had a great relationship with my parents and that was really hard for me. Um, it's probably the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with. It's just, imagine telling your parents that you don't want them to talk to, you don't want them to talk to you. Um, and all the implications associated with that. And that was really hard. Um, what made it even like more intense was that soon after that, like I said, I was kind of like moving away from all the stuff I had, uh, moved to the city for. And I got this job offer to move to a totally different part of the country to move out to the Western part of the country. And it was a great job offer. Like they blew my, my salary expectations away and I really didn't want to go out there, but just with a lot of my opportunities drying up at where I was. And, um, again, it was, it was kind of a golden opportunity that came to me. I, I didn't have a lot of experience. Um, it was a web developer job, which I had built those skills working with these groups out there. Um, I didn't have a lot of experience and to get this offer was kind of like, might've been the only offer I was going to get and it was a good offer. So again, not talking to my family, I, I moved across the country to a totally different, I, I knew nobody, you know, within hundreds of miles of the city I moved to. And, um, I was really isolated socially, but it's kind of when you're in that place. And so all these distractions and stuff, like we've been talking about all these ways to distract you from what you need, from what you need in life. Those were all gone. <laughs> like I wasn't talking to my family. I wasn't talking to any of my friends at that point. I was in a city where I didn't know anybody and there was nobody there to tell me what to do every day or to have any expectations. That was really the thing. Like there were no expectations. I didn't have to answer to anyone or defend myself defend why I was doing what I was doing. And that was freeing to me in some respects. 
and there was no barrier between me and just doing what I wanted to do a hundred percent. Plus I was making this great salary. And so I had a lot more freedom, personal freedom at that point. And I just decided to take full advantage of that situation. And so on the one hand, it was really hard, but on the other hand, it was like, I did have this place of just quiet and, and I guess you could call it isolation or maybe like solitude and just lots of room for me to just let my mind expand. And I started taking care of myself more and started taking care of my body. And, um, I started playing pickup sports again, which I love and just realizing I was out of shape and just trying to get my body back into gear and then trying to take advantage of this opportunity I had with this job I got out there. Um, I really had to put in a lot of extra work to get up to speed on this uh, technology I was trying to learn. That was a huge effort. Um, so putting in a lot of hours just to get this like new lifestyle off the ground, really, which was like building a career for myself and getting my body back to, uh, to where it should be. And so the message I want to give to everyone is like, I was totally alone and isolated and that was really hard for me to deal with. And I was having all these experiences that normally I would have liked to, to tell my parents about and tell my friends and family about, but I, I couldn't, that was really difficult. But what I had in, in abundance was like, I was fulfilling a lot of what I wanted out of life. Like I was becoming independent and, and free to do what I wanted. And I had just answered the call of my inner, my inner vision, my inner desires. And I, I knew that I was doing what was right for me the whole time. I'd already had a lot of positive feedback at that point. That's what I was saying, like developing that trust that your conscience is not going to lead you astray, even though it might lead you into these unknown situations and they might seem scary and insecure. But if you just stop and look around, like you realize you, you do have what you need at every step of the way. Um, you start to build trust that that, that, that is safe. To, to do that and give up physical security for like spiritual fulfillment. And, um, so I had really developed that. It was really a strong connection. I just knew that that good things were going to come my way eventually. And that was, um, a lot of years <laughs> that I went without talking to my family. Um, and I, I, I honestly thought I was never going to talk to them again, just how contentious and, and, uh, how contentious that relationship had become. I just didn't see how that was going to ever fix itself. So that was really sad. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that even though I was dealing with what I consider to be the hardest situation of my life, like I was getting good night's sleep and I had peace of mind. It was like every day I had my struggles and challenges to overcome and just kind of mentally like making it through each day. And, um, but at the end of the day, I knew that I, I had done what I needed to do and I could just relax, you know, because I'd done my job and that I just knew that I was doing what was right for me because I was totally in tune with, I kept consistently was making decisions for years to follow my conscience and good things were coming out of that. Even though there was a lot of pain and suffering, there was a lot of good things coming out of that. And again, just learning all these skills and becoming self-reliant and learning, doing things I never thought I would be. You learn all these new aspects about yourself. And that was all just a really fulfilling and beautiful experience to have. So I was really turned on by that. Um, 
But again, it's just making these changes. I, mean, I had to make a lot of changes for myself that didn't necessarily make other people happy. And that's one of the hardest things I've had to deal with. It's just learning to say yes to yourself sometimes. And how other people feel about you is out of your, it's one of those things that's out of your control. So I love my parents and stuff, but it's like, if I just live to make them happy, then I would never be happy. And how do they know what's really right for me? You know, that's what your conscience is there for. So I had peace of mind. That's what I want to tell people is I was going through this really difficult situation because I was following my conscience, but because I was following my conscience, I had peace of mind through that whole thing. And that's what got me through is that spirituality. That's, so that's the power of having that spiritual connection is that if you're following that, it's like you're kind of invincible to some degree to any obstacle or thing that comes your way. Like I'm telling you that I got through the hardest situation of my life by relying on that. And you can get through the hardest situations of your life by relying on that. So, so that's, that's really one of the messages I want to share. Um, I guess kind of the culmination of that was like, again, I'm in the Western U S and I, I kind of developed a habit of like quitting jobs because at that point I had just, um, I come to a place where I just, I I was just working at these jobs just for the paycheck and I wanted to use the money to invest, reinvest it in myself. And I wanted to use that money to provide for myself, provide what I need to be happy in life. So if these companies were better to work for, I might've just stayed there longer term, but they, I didn't like them. So what I ended up doing was, um, I, I quit my job and just went on this big road trip and started backpacking for the first time and was doing a lot of hiking in all the national parks and all these beautiful places. And it was kind of the peak point of isolation in my life because I was just out like in these random places in like these States, you know, really far from anything. And I wasn't talking to my parents. Nobody knew I was there. <laughs> and I was literally alone in the wilderness by myself. And, um, I kind of had nothing like I didn't have any. I So this is a, a quote I, I want to read from one of the gospels. Um, so this is what Jesus said. Those that lose their life for my sake shall find it. And I lost my entire life. Like I lost every social connection I'd ever had in life. And I was walking around in the woods in a very remote part of the country. <laughs> so in some respects I had nothing, but in other respects, I had much more than I ever had before because I had a connection with God, (laughs) my understanding of God. Um, Another way I like of thinking about God is like your higher power. And that's a phrase that comes from like the Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous uh, movements, which that was another, I I volunteered at a community for people recovering from drug and alcohol. And they, they rely a lot on spirituality to get through that. And I've relied a lot on spirituality to get through my hard times. And, um, so on the one hand I had nothing, but on the other hand, I had a lot, I had a really tight bond with my inner, my inner hopes and dreams. And I was just becoming more and more comfortable acting on that. And so quitting my job and going on a big road trip in the wilderness, that was also kind of scary, but it wasn't as scary as the first time I was standing in that closet calling, (laughs) calling a farm in California. Um, cause I kind of knew what to expect along the way. It's like, you set up on this journey. You don't know how it's going to go. There's moments of uncertainty, but 
just checking in with your conscience every day and every morning, like, is this still the right path for me? And as long as the answer is yes, you just eventually you learn that something good is going to come out of that. And what ended up coming out of that was I had some amazing hiking experiences. I've hiked some of the most famous trails in the country and just getting to all these high peaks and stuff. It's like, I ended up doing a lot of stuff I never had even envisioned. Like on that road trip, um, I hiked this trail that was like 200 miles long and I, I didn't even envision doing that before I started, but one thing kind of led to another and I had the skills to do it. And I, I set off on that journey and uh, it took like over two weeks to do that whole thing. And um, I learned something about myself. I learned that I was a lot more capable of, I was capable of doing things I never even thought I was. And so these are the kind of things you can start to get out of your life. And this is really what I think God's vision is for everyone is to show you how great of a person you really are and how strong of a person you really are. And that's, so that to me is, that's my interpretation of struggling and suffering is God's going to put you in these situations where the outcome is uncertain and your conscience is leading you on and on and on. And (laughs) the other part of you is kind of like scared and freaking out the whole time. And like, how is this going to turn out? Because we want security. You know, we want to know the outcome of something before we start on it. But if you already know the outcome, like nothing's going to come out of that. If you don't know the outcome, something could really surprise you in a, in a great way. And that's that's what happened to me. I, I learned all these. I I finished this 200-mile trail, and I was like, I did that. You know, like, well, what else can I do that I, I haven't been considering or limiting myself? And that's been a gateway to all these other things I've done, which have been really rewarding. And so it's kind of just this nonstop thing of, like, expanding yourself, expanding yourself, and um, becoming happier and more capable. So... Um, and that's, that's really the vision, you know, that's, that's the vision that, that God has for you. And that is what God wants to see you is, is explore this, this mysterious unknown part of yourself. And, um, going on that journey is going to bring out the best parts of you that, that you, you couldn't even envision on your own, but you are actually going to live and experience that. You know, I walked every step of those 200 miles, um, but I still can't even kind of believe that, that I did it, you know, <laughs> even though I did, I really did do that. But just thinking about it, it's like, I don't know. It, you know I, I never hit it. That was not on my radar at all. Even just a few weeks like before I, I started on that journey. So these are all the amazing things that your life can be made up of. If you, if you let it, if you listen to your heart, you don't try to silence that voice or distract yourself from that voice and start to take actual action on those things. And, um, I guess what I, I'm trying to tell people is like, it's safe, it's safe to, to act on your conscience because I am a, uh, I'm a graduate <laughs> of the trials and tribulations. So, so I guess the happy ending to all this is, um, I did get back in touch with my family. Um, and at that point it was like years ago, probably I think three years ago gone by. And, you know, I had all this time to myself out in the wilderness walking around and, I was able to just let a lot of things go that before I might've just still wanted to argue with them about. And they, I think we were both just really happy to be back in touch with each other. And it's like, I was just at this place where I was like, look, like we might not agree on everything, but we can at least have some things that we enjoy together. So why not just enjoy that? You know? Um, so that was really a big relief for me to get back in touch with them. And the beautiful thing that happened was I ended up inviting them out out west and so the first time i saw them in you know three three years um 
it wasn't just my parents it was the rest of my immediate family was there and uh so i was like sort of you know somewhat of an expert backpacker at that point and somehow they all agreed to go backpacking they had never ever backpacked before and i i got this permit to camp right on the rim of the grand canyon the north rim of the grand canyon and um we had the site to ourselves is uh so we like two days after seeing each other for the first time in three or four years um we camped right on the the end of the right on the rim of the grand canyon and had the viewpoint all to ourselves just watching the sunset and then watching the stars come out and my dad said that was the best stars gazing he'd seen in his entire life was that night and and watching the sunrise the next morning was really dramatic and and really beautiful so I, like I said, I went years thinking I would never talk to them again and then look at the beautiful way that we were able to reconnect. And, and that experience would not have happened if I hadn't gone through what, what I did go through. So I'm not, I don't know if it was really worth it <laughs> or not, but um, ever since then, it's, it's made me value our relationship even more, just going without them for that long. And I've spent other trips with them that might not have happened otherwise, you know, if, if I hadn't gone through that and we hadn't gone through all that pain and it's like the lack of being around each other really made us appreciate each other even more for me at least. And again, just, we can share stuff in common. We still don't, we still live different lifestyles, but um, we have a lot in common that we can still enjoy together. And we have enjoyed a lot of stuff together since then. It's been a few years since that happened and we've had a lot of great times and priceless memories. And I think it's just more meaningful because of everything we went through. So I had no idea that would happen but it did. And it almost, it added a, a lot to me. Like I said, you know, there's no other way we would have camped on the Grand Canyon, the room of the Grand Canyon like that. And that, that was an awesome experience. That's something I'm going to remember forever. And I hope they do too. So, so that was happy. And then as far as like the, um, the physical security sort of a thing, uh, even that's come back around for me. Like, I ended up putting so much work into this web development thing that I got all these certifications in it. And, um, that was like, I was kind of working around the clock when I first started just to learn this really complicated software that I worked with. And so I became somewhat of an in-demand worker for, for these companies. And, uh, they have a lot more money than the, <laughs> these nonprofit groups I was working with. Um, not to say that that's, that's good or bad, but it's just a fact. And so making this, this great salary, it, uh, it's really opened up a lot of options for me in life. Like I mentioned before, I'm on a skiing road trip right now and I just wake up every day and, and make a great cup of coffee and eat a great, good breakfast. And then like, I go to the ski resort whenever I kind of feel like it and I ski all afternoon. And then, uh, have a great dinner, you know, and I, that's because I've been able to, to just save money. Um, and I've decided to spend my money on this sort of a thing, which is to take long breaks from having to work and to enjoy life and to be out in the mountains every day is, is a really special thing. And, you know, if I had stayed on my original path, I might've been making the same salary, but it's like, what would I have been spending my money on? Maybe, you know, um, maybe I just would have gotten into cars or like spent all my money on, on that or 
more material things going through what I went through. It just, it really made me value these intangible things in life. And I'm using the money as a way to make those things more of my life and basically just gain independence from like the rat race, kind of, kind of the world, just this, this wheel that keeps going around and around. You never really get anywhere. So I'm trying to break out of that. And I want to build a life for myself where I can just be happy, um, spend a lot of time in nature and hopefully spend a lot of time around people who, who I love and we can share love with. So, so this all took, uh, 13 years <laughs> since I made that phone call in the closet to being on a skiing road trip right now, um, and not working. Um, that was a 13 year process and everything I went through, through that whole process, you know, losing, like I said, losing everything. Um, our social connection is a big part of our life and I lost all of that. And I never envisioned that happening in my life. Um, but 13 years of having all these amazing, incredible experiences that I also never envisioned and gaining all these skills that I, I really value. And it, it makes me more of a human being. It's how I feel like exploring the artistic side of myself, you know, um, learning how to care for other people and learning how to care for yourself and cultivate that, that center of creativity that Martin Luther King talked about learning to care for yourself enough to give yourself a chance, give your conscience a chance. And this is what my life has turned out to when I said yes to that. So 13 years, you know, there's a lot of suffering and struggling in those 13 years, but, um, and the outcome was always uncertain and the outcome still could be uncertain in a lot of ways. I mean, that the future's never guaranteed. Um, you never know what will happen and all this money and stuff I've made, like, it, you know, that can all disappear depending on what happens. So, so that's really why that spiritual connection I have is the thing I value the most in life more than anything. The money I'm using right now is a tool to try to realize that even more and more. But I like to think I'm not really attached to the money and I don't attach my, my personal identity with my job because, uh, I'm not working right now. <laughs> so how would I feel, you know, if I associated myself with my salary, and my job, well, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have either of those things right now. So, so it's all these other aspects of yourself that are part of the natural world that are, are really important. And that's what I value and, and try to cultivate. So, so that's where I'm at today. Um, I have more adventures ahead of me. Probably. I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not ultimately where I really want to get to in life, but, uh, so there's going to be more, more struggling and suffering along the way. Um, but I know at least now that that's just part of the process and that that's normal and to accept those parts of the process, to accept the uncertainty and accept the, the struggling and, and just know that if you stick with that and you have a vision and this is in tune with your conscience, that one day these, these great things will, will come to you and these things will come to you and, hopefully they are even more beautiful than you could imagine. I've experienced some of that, which is awesome. So I'm going to read a bunch of quotes now with that context that hopefully will be somewhat meaningful for you. Um, I am going to quote a lot from the New Testament. Well, let me take another inter intermission first. And I'm back again. And thanks for everyone who's uh, sticking with me still. So this, this last part, I, 
have some quotes from some different spiritual scriptures that I think are relevant and hopefully will make more sense, like in the context of the story that I just told you about what happened to me when I decided to follow my conscience in life. And this first one is from the Dhammapada, which is a Buddhist scripture. And it says, uh, patience is the highest penance, long suffering, the highest nirvana. And I, that really helped me through a lot of hard times. Like I went through a lot of periods, like months, you know, when it's just like, how is this going to work out? And nothing was really happening. And I had already sacrificed a lot, like this career and all these relationships and stuff. And it's like, (laughs) I was kind of just like, when are these good things going to start happening? And, um, I, you know, I I was doing the the daily check-in, like with my conscience kind of a thing. And it's like, as far as I could tell, I was doing the right thing for myself, but I was not in a very enjoyable situation. And patience is the highest penance, long suffering, the highest nirvana. I really had to learn and understand the meaning of that and practice patience, which I've always really struggled with. It's like, you want something immediately, you know, you want the good things immediately. And what I'm trying to tell you with this story is that that's, that's just not, that's not how things work. You, the good news is you can get what you want out of life. The reality is that that just takes a long time and it does take a lot of patience. There's going to, there were times for me when it just seemed like nothing was happening and I was doubting myself a lot and just wondering, you know, like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm putting myself out there and, uh, when am I going to get some help here, (laughs) you know? And, um, so it happened eventually, but it took a long time. And I had to practice patience. I still really struggle with that. Long suffering is the highest nirvana. You know, if if you just live to satisfy like your 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 immediate like wants, I guess. Like your wants, but not your needs, really. Like your want, like you don't like like I, you know I don't like to be bored. Should I just go on Instagram all day just so I don't have to deal with boredom? It's not really productive. Um, so. Sometimes suffering is a part of becoming happy, like I said. Um, Just going deeper with yourself. like It takes time to get things up and running. And before that happens, you're going to experience some not very fun times. But hopefully you at least have that peace of mind knowing that you're doing what's right for yourself. So that's always kind of stayed with me since I read it. Um, I'm just going to read some other stuff from the Gospels. So this next quote, uh, this is Jesus talking, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden light. And my interpretation of that is like, take my yoke upon you. I mean, that's like taking the yoke is what your heart is telling you to do. And that was required a lot of work from me. You know, I made all these big changes in my life and I took that yoke upon me, but, um, my yoke is easy and my burden light. I had peace of mind the entire time because <laughs> I was finally doing what my heart wanted and uh, it caused a lot of chaos and <laughs> conflict for me. But that burden, that light burden, I knew I was doing what was right for me. And sometimes peace of mind is priceless. Like you can't really buy that. So that's my interpretation of that. Um, here's another quote from the gospel. And he said to all, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. 
For whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it, and whoever shall lose his life for my sake shall save it. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and destroys himself or loses his life? And for, I just want to say, um, I, I prefer if the... I've read a lot of stuff from Gandhi and MLK and now the Bible that are, are just defaulting to masculine as the default like person, abstract person. Um, so I, I hope... Uh, I was thinking about just going, going in and changing that to, to make it more generic. I know there's versions of the Bible out there that already have done that, but um, I hope you don't take that as um, excluding <laughs> females from this. I'm just reading the material that's here. So... Um, so this take up his cross daily. Like I said, you know, I'm, I'm going through these struggles and not talking to my family and stuff. And kind of each day became a daily struggle <laughs> to just get through the day. But that's the work. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. That's your work to make these changes. And some of them are hard to make and just take it one day at a time. That's another saying I got from the recovery community one day at a time, you know, have a plan, just figure out what your job is for that day and just do that and then go to sleep. <laughs> Like you're done, you know, you don't have to worry about it anymore. And that's the attitude I took. Just take it one day at a time for 13 years. <laughs> it got me through it. Um, things started getting easier and easier over time, but that's, I still go back to that a lot. Um, whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it. So I, I decided to save my inner life, that inner spiritual life that I have. And I lost basically everything else. You know, I lost every relationship I had. I lost my salary. I lost everything. And I saved my life because now I have all these things back in me, but I also have this extremely strong spiritual connection and a part of my life that, that that's not going to go anywhere. You know, any hard time I run into in the future, like I have this really strong connection with that inner part of myself. So, um, what does a man profit if he gains the whole world and destroys himself or loses his life? So I could have just stayed at that job, the original job I had in the, in the cubicle and just been safe the rest of my life. But what am I profited if I gain the whole world? You know, wh how does that benefit me really? If I just make a salary, like what is, what is that really fulfilling? Like we do need food every day and these physical needs, but, um, I would have lost a lot in that process. All these other aspects of myself that I've been able to develop that never would have happened. So I could have lost that life. You know, it says loses his life or loses his life. I mean, I would have lost that life, that that beautiful part of life that I've experienced never would have happened. Um, the stone which the builders rejected has become the head of a corner. Everyone that falls on that stone shall be bruised, but on who, whomsoever it shall fall, it shall crush him to atoms. And I felt like I was crushed to atoms. <laughs> My whole life was crushed to atoms and I had nothing left except my spiritual strength, everything else was gone. Anything else I could rely on was just gone. And I was crushed, but uh, that brought out this really important part of myself that has kind of powered my whole life and is what I, I rely on that every day to just enjoy life and, and keep uh, trying to increase that. Here's a quote from Corinthians. So the, the, the New Testament, for those who don't know, is made up of these four Gospels, these four stories of Jesus. And then there's just these other letters and stuff from people who were like spreading Jesus's message, I guess, after he died. So this is one of these. Um, basically, it says you can plant and water the seed, but God, God causes it to grow. And that's been a really hard of this journey, really hard part of this journey for me is like, I felt like I was planting and watering and the hard part is just waiting. <laughs> uh, 
waiting for these things to happen. And um, I did start a vegetable garden at one point and like I put the seed in the ground for the first time and the seed was so tiny. It was a kale plant and the seed was so tiny, like you couldn't even see it. Once I dropped it in the dirt, like I, cu I couldn't see it anymore. <laughs> and uh, you put dirt and water on it and then it's like, now what, you know, and um, I'm checking on it every day and nothing's happening and it did come out of the ground, but in the meantime, I'm like, really, I, like, <laughs> I don't know, I wasn't like losing sleep over it, but I was like kind of stressed and anxious. It's like, do I need to do something else or like what's happening here? But stuff was happening the whole time. It's, you have to rely on these unseen forces. And that, that's the, that's uh God caused the seed to grow, you know, like these beautiful things are going to be happening out of your control. And when you're acting with the universe and with love, like you're going to be able to take advantage of these other things that you, you didn't put any effort into, but you're, they're there to, to benefit you. So, so you can tap into all that, but it's hard to, uh, to wait for those things to present themselves to you. Um, this one's a little more positive, uh, give, and it shall be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And, the way I interpret that is I basically decided to give a lot to my conscience and in theory, you should get even more back than you put into that. So I feel like that's happened to me. I mean, I, uh, I've put in 13 years of hard work and, um, I'm just so happy with what my, what my life has become. And I've gotten to experience so many different aspects of life and that's, that's really priceless. And, uh, wouldn't have happened any other way. So, so that is, that's that. That's what I have to share. And, um, hope you enjoyed it. I, uh, I'm going to take a week off from the podcast at least. Um, I just need a break and that's, this is kind of like the end, I guess, of what I have to share. So I've kind of said my piece, um, I hope that this maybe just gives you some strength and reassurance that if you do start to listen to your conscience and decide to make some steps to realize your, your heart's true and earnest desire that um, eventually things will turn out. And I, I just want to be living proof that that's possible. And I hope your journey isn't as difficult as mine was. It probably will be in other ways. Um, so I hope you don't have to, <laughs> to lose every single relationship in your life. I, I kind of have a feeling that won't happen for most people. But uh, I hope that can give you some reassurance that things will work out if you listen to your heart and you take you start to act on that. And uh, I want to see happy people and fulfilled people. And this is the hard work that goes into that. So, so thanks for listening to me. Um, I'm going to take a week off, like I said. Uh, I want to give everyone a chance to catch up on the podcast and give everyone a chance to get on the subreddit. Um, we are up to five people on the subreddit, so that's kind of good. Um, it's uh, a pretty hefty percentage increase from three people the last time I mentioned that number, but I know that there's more than five people out there listening to the show. So if you're listening to the show, um, please join the subreddit, make an account and join the subreddit. And then over the next two weeks, please just write something. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, I've given you a lot of my thoughts and inspiration. And if that's touched you in any way, um, please write something on the subreddit. I would love for this to come back around and inspire me. I'd love to be inspired by you because I know that you all have 
inspiration and things to share and gifts to share with the world. And you can do the New Year's challenge. I'd love to see everyone finishing the New Year's challenge, but I also just want to see some inspiration and some wisdom um, from your lives on the subreddit. And that's, that's really going to be meaningful to me. And I, I always like to just keep learning about these topics and you all have a lot to teach yourself and to teach other people and to teach me. So I look forward to learning from you all. And I, uh, again, you know, I, I would never be a salesman because <laughs> I hate trying to convince people to do something, but, um, please continue, please contribute to the subreddit. That's how you're going to support the show. We're not going to power this thing with money. We're going to power it with just honesty and, and love and sharing and wisdom. And I've created the subreddit for you to have a platform to do that. And I'm going to use the podcast to amplify whatever you say. So please do that. I'm asking you. <laughs> I'm asking you nicely. Um, if you haven't joined, please join. And then um, in the next two weeks, please, if you're listening to the show and you like it, please, please go and contribute something to the subreddit. I would really appreciate that. And that will make up the next episode. So I will uh, have, have a great couple of weeks and I'll look forward to talking to you again.